1: He didn't come into existence at the virgin birth. He existed before the beginning. The virgin birth was essential for him to qualify as our savior and Lord. You see, if Jesus had had no earthly parent, he wouldn't have been human. He couldn't have been our high priest. And if he did not have a divine parent, then he wouldn't be God. He'd be just like the rest of us. But the virgin birth made it possible for the full union of God and mankind in one person person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior.
0: Merry Christmas from all of the staff at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, where Pastor Leighton Sheely is the senior minister and our featured speaker on this program called Study Verse by Verse.
1: Now the second statement is the only begotten Son. We're children of God by adoption, but Jesus was the only begotten Son. But notice the phrase, which was in the bosom of the Father. Now, why did John put that there? Well, the bosom of the Father tells us a great deal because what he's talking about is near the heart of God. And so what Jesus came to reveal is the heart of God. That's what John is saying here. He was the only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father. And the third statement completes it. He says, he has declared him. And the Greek word here is to lead out. It means that what Jesus did was to lead God out into the open so that men can know him. The only way we can know God is through Christ Jesus, who led him out into the open, who, who, who displays him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has made God known, and we can know God, our Father, through Christ alone. Now, these are profound statements. Sometimes we've read them, we really don't understand the depths of them. Quite frankly, I've read a lot of great scholars, and every time I turn around, somebody else has new insight. I don't think there is any limit to the depth of God's Word and this description of Christ Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared him. It says down in verse 10, he was in the world. The world was made by him, but the world didn't know him. He came to his own, his own things. His own people received him not. They had the scriptures. The scriptures described who he, what he would be, where he would come from. And he met all of those descriptions, but he was rejected by his own people, verse twelve. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Now the word power here is not dunamis, from which we get dynamite, which is a reference to physical power, but it's from it's exousia which is a reference to delegated authority. And so it says here, But as many as received him, to to them gave he the authority to become the sons of God. Now you notice this is based upon believing in him. And the word believe in the Bible always has a preposition. There's always an object of belief. You have to believe in something, you have to believe into something, you have to believe upon something. Now the great pastor preacher of yesteryear Jay Vernon McGee he said let me explain it this way let me illustrate with a chair you know i can say that that chair let's say that pew that pew can hold me up and intellectually i believe that but it's not until i go and sit in the chair when i really know experientially that that chair can hold me up there's a lot of people who go around intellectually saying jesus christ is able to save But they don't actually go and sit in Jesus Christ, rest in Jesus Christ, believe in Jesus Christ as their own Lord and Savior. So I want to ask you this morning, have you placed your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ alone as your Savior and Lord? Or are you trying to deal with your sin issue through some other way? Uh, Feigning ignorance. You know, remember, if you show up before a judge and you tell them, but uh, Mr. Judge, I didn't know that the speed limit was such and such. And the response is, ignorance is no excuse. Or we deny it. Or we try to compensate. We try to uh, purchase God's favor. Putting our faith in Jesus Christ is setting aside all of that. Saying, I trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior, and my Lord. Now just a moment, our ushers are going to pass communion. Communion is intended for believers, but perhaps there's some among us this morning who've heard the gospel message here and they say, this is the morning I want to I ask Jesus to be my savior. I, I want to I say, Jesus, please make your salvation real to me and in me. If you are here this morning and that's your prayer that's your desire, then I want to invite you to join with the believers in taking up the elements of communion. I'm going to ask if you would not to eat of them or drink of them until we've all been served. Um, And then we're going to all partake together as the family of Christ here at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. It says, the word became flesh. Why? The angel gave the answer to that, to the Joseph in the book of Luke, he said, because you're to name him Jesus because he will save his people. The name Jesus means Savior. Save his people from their sins. Well, that brings up the question then, what is a sin? Wayne Grudem defines sin as any failure to conform to the moral law of God an act, attitude, or nature. If we do something that's against the nature of God, then we're sinning. It doesn't matter if it's something we do or something we say, or even something we think. If it's against God's will, then it's a sin. So then it brings up the question, who has never sinned? And the Bible says there's only one who has never sinned. the Christ Jesus is the only one who's never sinned. Romans 3.23 says all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. There's no one that's righteous, not even one. Then that brings up the question, what are the consequences of sin? If all of us have sinned, what are the consequences? Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. So sin produces death. And after death, there's the judgment. Hebrews 9.27 says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Sin produces death, and after that's the judgment. So how do we deal with this issue of sin? Why did Jesus have to come and be our Savior? Uh, Why did he have to to come and become flesh? Hebrews 2 says, Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. God can't die. Only as a human being could God die. only as a human being could he die. Did he have to die? Was there another way? It says, For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You know, in that passage, that brief passage, the word only appears three times. Only, only, only. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying to his Father? He says, if, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. What was Jesus praying? God, Father, if there's any other way, please, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there was no other way. And that's why Jesus had to go to Calvary's cross, had to, had to die to pay the wages of our sin. Hebrews 2 continues, It was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. And then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. So the passage describes Jesus Christ as our high priest. What's a high priest? The high priest is a man who stands between God and men, interceding on man's behalf. Jesus Christ is our high priest and it says that he offered a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people that sacrifice was himself hebrews 9:12 says with his own blood not with the blood of goats and lambs jesus secured our redemption forever he was not only our high priest he was the sacrifice for our sins he didn't come into existence at the at the virgin birth he existed before the beginning the virgin birth was essential for him to qualify as our Savior and Lord. You see, if Jesus had had no earthly parent, he wouldn't have been human. He couldn't have been our high priest. And if he he did not have a divine parent, then he wouldn't be God. He'd be just like the rest of us. But the virgin birth made it possible for the full union of God and mankind in one person, the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Now, there are some people who have a problem with the virgin birth. And I say, that's unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the point. You see, God is supernatural. He is over-natural. He is not limited to natural. It was a supernatural conception. The angel asked, is anything too hard for God? There's nothing too hard for God. All according to God's plan. Jesus Christ was born to reveal God to us, to reveal God's plan for our salvation, to fulfill that plan by going to Calvary's cross, paying the wages of our sin, dying, being put in a borrowed tomb and rising again on the third day to prove that he was who he claimed to be and he therefore accomplished what he came to accomplish. He fulfilled all of his promises and he's made some more promises. He's promised that he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back.
0: Some phrases just remind me of a song. How about you? The old John Peterson song from a musical that he wrote many years ago. (laughs) Boy, this dates me, doesn't it? Coming Again. Do you remember that? Jesus is coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, maybe soon. You've been listening to another edition of Study Verse by Verse, our Christmas message from Pastor Leighton Sheely. A heavenly perspective on the Messiah's birth. If you'd like to listen to this again, go to our website, studyversebyverse.com. That's the ministry website. For the church, go to highlands.us. That's Church of the Highlands at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a glorious rest of your day and join us on Monday when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.